Welcome to another episode of The Juice. I am your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and rated the top 10 softest nipples in Maxim Magazine from the years 2005 to 2007. Today's guest is a very, very funny, wonderful individual. She's a writer, actress, and comedian who's performed all over the world, including the Just For Last Festival in Montreal and the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So please join me in giving a big juicy welcome to my friend and yours, Eliza Skinner. Hi, Eliza. You look so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just good to see you. I just haven't seen your face in too long. That that is true. Yes, and I this wig collection has grown I so know. much. It's, it's um, it's definitely a problem. There's four more coming. That's where I'm at with the wig collection. The wigs are taking over. Um, and it's been my life plan. <laughs> it's, it's it's been your life plan. Yeah, I didn't want any kids. I just wanted wigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting just as many animals as I can. Oh. And uh, yarn. <laughs> oh, yes, you do love to knit. How long have you yeah. been knitting for? I mean, I learned when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. then I really got into it in college. I was in all these stupid lecture classes, and they were just uh-huh. awful. Uh, and I found that if I knitted during the class, I could pay attention better oh. and like take notes and everything. Turns out, flash forward a couple decades... I've got ADHD. <laughs> Didn't know it back then, but that was my little way yeah. of basically managing it and having part of my brain be occupied with this little repetitious task. That's very smart. Thank you. So Just uh, yeah. finding ways to be unmedicated. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. The nice thing about knitting as opposed to a fidget spinner is that you end up with stuff and you get, and you get better at it as you go so it's like i always like the word is uh very like the saying knitter is just too close to <laughs> <laughs> i know right yeah there's too too many different things that people have cutely named like my knitters <laughs> or like knitter please <laughs> like, we gotta not look at us we're all white ladies for sure oh 100 making these cute knitting puns so we got we got yeah. stuff <laughs> so what did you move here? you moved here from new york right yeah did you did you go to New York for school first or for comedy? I wanted to be an agent. I wanted to be an agent or a you puppeteer. You want to be an agent? Yes, because my sister is an actress, and so I'd been around actors my whole life, and I was like, well, I know how to handle actors. Like, I know how to like be they around are a nightmare. them that and, is a skill set. and interact with them. <laughs> um, so, and my parents had been very strict about like, you will not become an actor though. You won't be a performer. We already have one of those. And we can't take another gamble. Uh, oh, wow. Somebody's got to gotta like be a lawyer or something. I'm, like, well, I'm not going to be a lawyer, but maybe I'll be an agent. I think I only made it two months. I worked as an agent's assistant in a little boutique mm-hmm. talent agency. And it was the worst job I've ever had. And they paid me $200 a week. That's nothing. In Manhattan. Yeah, in New York. And so I had to have a weekend job working in fancy hotels, uh-huh. this fancy hotel. And it was paying me more than my nine to five job, just working there two days yeah. a week on the weekends. And everybody there was like happy and nice and weird, like a lot of different sorts of artsy people. It's a, it's a good day job for yeah. someone with an, you know, some sort of artsy pursuit they're going for. Then, then I was like, why am I living in New York, working in a hotel? You could literally work in a hotel anywhere yeah. In the whole world, I have to do something I can only do in New York. So I got into improv. 
Oh, oh. the fun world of improv. Yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and that's why we are rich and famous as we speak. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's why yeah. we're both starring in the next big hit movie. <laughs> yes, and that is what it is called. The next big, next hit, big movie. hit movie. It's um yeah, it's a Wayans thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but as far as gossip, when when I worked even as just an, an operator, that place had a lot of I know this isn't celebrity gossip, but we did have a lot of That's celebrities what I come on in. Yeah. And like we would know little secret things. We'd have to sneak people in and out. Um, so people wouldn't know who was staying with who. <gasps> Lots of little <laughs> no. things like that where people would be like, watch out. One time J-Lo came and we had to sneak her in the back because she was making dinner for Puffy in one of the suites. And nobody knew they were even together. <laughs> Because he has a wife. And I was like, oh my gosh, this this big city is too big for me. I, I don't know. But so like before New York, where, were you, where did you grow up again? Richmond, Virginia. Yes, I do recall this. It's a pretty cool city because there's a really big art school in the middle of it, um, uh, VCU, which isn't like super prestigious or anything, but somehow they got a bunch of money. And so they have all these resources. So if you're studying some kind of, you know, big sculptures or whatever, like any kind of art you want to do, they actually have the resources there to do it. So a lot of people end up, a lot of art people Uh end up in Richmond to go to school and then they graduate and they're like, huh, cost of living, pretty affordable around here. I could rent a whole house and just like work at a restaurant a couple of days a week to pay for it and then spend the rest of my time being in a band or that sounds amazing uh yeah or like making short films or whatever i mean we're the home of guar are you familiar with guar oh i'm very familiar with guar um yeah. i've i've met a white person in the past okay <laughs> guar is very richmond guar is very like we went to art school and now we have time that's yeah so we're like- gonna do something with it they're just like a horror movie almost band, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Very they're, they're metal. Like, they're, yeah, they're, it's a metal band where they all have like these monster costumes on. Yeah. Some of them like spray blood and all kinds of things. And um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was very very popular, but very art projecty. See, I respect it's a, it's that. It's a city of art projects. It's, a, it's like it's a city that commits to their lifestyle. It's also Seattle was like that way too. Like if you're weird and you had the patience and commitment, you could uh, barely make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but the other the, the secret of a, of a place the size and location of Richmond is that there aren't a lot of other options. Uh-huh. You know, like even the movie theaters for the most part were out in the county. So like in the city, there's not that much to do. So people will be like, hey, why don't we see if we can build a slide in the backyard that's, like, taller than the house? It's an art project of a city is what it really is. It's like everything can happen, but there's not much else going around. Yeah, but it's like this, it's weaponized apathy, almost, (laughs) or boredom or something. Um, Yeah, I had friends who would just, like, make weird costumes and run around. I was one of those people. I had a crush on this guy when I was in college, and um, he was going to the school there. He was going... Or maybe I was still in high school because I was I was there and whatever he was living in his little cool like college house, and my friend and I had, were bored one day and we were like, oh, let's dress up and do performance art. So uh, I dressed up like a chicken. We had like old <laughs> dance costumes and stuff at her parents' house. I dressed up like a chicken with rubber gloves, rubber latex gloves, yeah. like not even dishwashing gloves, like surgical 
like gloves or whatever. Yeah. And she dressed up like a chef with a knife. And we we're like, we're going to go places in Richmond and I'll run around and then she'll show up chasing me. So people will see like a chicken on oh, I had a little beak, <laughs> a little construction paper beak. People will be like, what's that chicken doing? And then they'll see a chef and they'll be like, oh, that's what the chicken's doing. <laughs> and so we did that a couple of places. One, a kid tripped me in one of them and it was hard to not cry Yeah, with. Yeah, I remember my my palms oh. got all like torn up through the latex. Ah. <laughs> um, but one of the places we went was we ran past this boy. This boy had a crush on Pat. Um, we ran past his house and we we're like, "What?" I was like, "Ooh, it's his house. That's neat." But I'm, but whatever. You know, he, he's not going to be <laughs> standing right outside. He was standing right outside. He was standing on the second floor of the porch, sort of like a balcony. Yeah. Um, looking out and so I run past him and I turn back and because I've noticed him and I'm like oh hey what's up Pat again construction paper <laughs> beak on my face what's up Pat and he was like not much what are you doing and I was like you know just like hanging out or whatever <laughs> just being a chicken <laughs> yeah you know yeah like um uh our orange tights on and rain boots and uh and my friend came up with her knife and started like poking my butt. And she was like, run, you're supposed to run. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, okay, we got to go. Bye. Um, so as I said, when we started, I'm a bit much. <laughs> oh, that's, this was in high school. Yeah, this was either, I think it was maybe the year bef- between high school and college. Yeah. So yeah, I was, where, I was probably like 16 years old. <laughs> That's like, and like family wise, like, is there like a nice little, uh, like how do they gossip in the family work? Anybody was the the town gossip in in your clan or? My mom, um, has no filter and I, I don't have too much of a filter either, but I know that my mom doesn't know that. My mom doesn't know that either. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if your mom does this, but my mom will like say, say like, mean things but she thinks she's joking yeah and the person who hears it doesn't know that they just know someone said something mean to them or she'll just like tell somebody's secret and forget because she the filter does not keep the secrets in and she does not remember that someone has told her that it's a secret or that she told someone else See, our moms are a little different because my mom does it intentionally (laughs) (laughs) both of those things you she does unintentionally my mom does it for real your mom is producing her own reality tv yeah she is committing Uh, to her chaos she's never withheld any piece of information so (laughs) artisanal reality show (laughs) if you don't want to feel bad don't meet my mom uh that's yeah the weird thing about my mom doing it though is that she'll be like it's so weird they seem upset with me they say that I said their baby was ugly. We'll be like, mm, do you think maybe you said her, that their baby was ugly? She'd be like, no, I would never. Mm-hmm. I just said the forehead like, was a little bit bigger than a brick. Exactly. Or like, I just said like, oh, it's funny how your baby looks like an ugly grown up. <laughs> that would be joking. And I, you know what? I'm not even sure if I said that. I don't think I said that. No. We're just I like, said their baby right. was gross. I didn't say their baby was ugly. They just need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, they're interesting looking. looking. Interesting. Look, it's kind of nice how their eyes meet in the middle. I just yes, <laughs> yeah, and then extend around to the back. 
so yeah, there's a little bit of that. My dad is super quiet. My sister started doing professional theater when she was definitely in high school, maybe in middle school. So she like didn't even hang out with her peers, let alone hang out with in high school professional theater. Yeah, just like local theater. But still, there, okay. there were definitely articles in the local paper about her. Oh, you best believe it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a weirdo, so I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, <laughs> but I, I, and I changed schools a lot. I did, I changed schools when I was in elementary school. In the same city? Yeah. I did that too, for no good reason. We just moved oh. to another part of Fresno, California, and I go to another school in Fresno, California. It's like, why is this even happening to anyone? Well, when I started out, I was going to an all-girl private school that my mom oh. had gone to when she was a kid, because she was from Richmond also. And those kids were rich, and you know what? I hope they're not listening. They were mean. Those were mean kids. I'm... They would check my tags to see what, what brand I was wearing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow. It's not a uniform? No. Yeah, the uniform is make your mom buy you a spree. What's wrong with you? You um, stupid, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were they were really mean and they and like so the neighborhood I grew up in was primarily black. This school I went to that I was going to was at the other end of town. There was one black kid in my class. Everybody else was white and rich. Yeah. And scared of my neighborhood so like nobody would come over and also again my mom doesn't hold anything back so she would straight up tell me that she'd be like no they we call their parents they're not allowed to come over because they're racist and so we'd be like oh okay all right so you went to a school of a bunch of rich judgmental racists yes that's i'm not surprised in this country (laughs) do you want to hear a crazy story of course so you do that's the whole point right okay so this school it's a k through 12 school our, our school colors were gold and white. And when the school wanted to, again, have some sort of competition within the school, they had two teams. The whole school was divided into two teams, the golds and the whites. So you would find out, I think, second grade, first grade or second grade, they would mm-hmm. have a lottery system and you'd find out what team you're on. Or if you were like me, a uh, legacy you would be in the same team that your mom was. We were whites. Oh. Oh. So the, we had spirit week once a year where both teams would be like putting signs all over the school and like cheering and making up dances and stuff, including one year when the white team put a sign out front of the school that said whites rule. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there apparently there was one that was like gold's rule also, but but no, everybody it driving just, by was yeah. just like, excuse <laughs> us? What is this? <laughs> and called the school and they got like a big trouble. I remember I had a hat that said it was a white hat and it just said whites on it. And when I was a little kid, we would be going to the baseball games and I would be like, hey, I can wear my baseball hat. And my mom would be like, no, you cannot. No, you can't. Also, we're losing that hat. Um, so that was where I started out school. And I I was, I did not fit in. I was very unhappy. I would come home crying. After I almost lunch. want that hat. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, can you imagine seeing someone walk towards you? Especially like a little kid who's like excited about corn dogs. Like some little girl's like, hey, and she's got just a just a white trucker cap with the word whites. 
Like, I'm a white. So like, yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was like in the thick of there is no perspective besides ours that we need to consider. (laughs) I I do not need to even attempt to put myself in someone else's shoes. Oh, I remember the 80s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I was really unhappy there. I come home crying. Nobody likes me. They make fun of me. And I'm an oddball. So they moved me. To this public school that was like they really liked the principal. Again, it was all yeah. artsy, and there was like literally an artist in residence in the basement, which sounds bad, but <laughs> he was just this dude who had his artist studio in the basement of the school, and he would make murals for the school, and Aww. sometimes. But that was when I ran into social problems. I there was a group of girls who went to that school with me and most of them ended up going to the same middle school. And then most of them ended up going to the same high school. So they saw me through all of this and these girls were vicious, vicious girls. Their main move was writing notes to other people and signing them from you. No. Yes. They would write notes. This is third grade. They would write notes to like, the gross boy in class being like, I want to suck your dick. Love the new girl. Love Eliza. And I remember finding, when I found out that they had been doing that, I thought they were my friends. Like that's who I was eating lunch with, you know, like those were my pals. Then like this, like weird stuff started to happen. Like people would be mad at me and I didn't know what I had done. Or like people would be like, you're a slut and be like, I am eight. Um, And, I finally, I found out what it was and I, I don't remember how I found out, but I just remember asking them and being like, why did you do this? Why would you guys do this? And (laughs) said, (laughs) like my one, I will grudge. I'll take to the end. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she, she was like, uh, well, we just noticed that things have been kind of bad recently and we've been having a hard time when we realized that that was like started about around when you came to the school. So we figured it was you. And I was like, what did I do? And she was like, I don't know. We don't know. We just figured it had to be you. This is a tiny sociopath. That is full chaos. First of all, like the whole concept of like writing a note and signing it, that is adult level menace. I I, I don't know where it came. I'm I'm like, was this a result of the of the? I feel like this is a full grown adult. Oh yeah, in like a child. (laughs) I think a child. Like that is a whole child. Like that is not a regular eight year old. That's somebody. what's, What's real wild is that she was like a sickly child. So literally, she would do things, and teachers would be like. I would be like, wait, did that, not me. And teachers would be like, oh, that is impossible. She had a tiny heart when she was a baby. She was born oh. with a tiny heart, remember? Yeah. You're very mean, Eliza. And I'd be like, what the fuck? I didn't do anything. <laughs> huh? It was crazy. Yeah, but that and- tiny heart is full of evil. There's nothing but else. She, <laughs> but like, like she would have like, they would look at her, she would have like the big eyes and be like, I know, I could never hurt a fly. And then they'd like turn and look at me and she would be behind them straight up doing that like, <laughs> bitch, evil face. <laughs> well, and I would be now- like, this is how the world is? This is what life is? <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> well, you know what? 
now she's been put on blast and she's now on my shit list. And I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> a dangerous thing to be in. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with a mailbag. Uh, Solomon, I had a story that I was going to tell you. Oh, yes. I didn't get to tell you. During, I, wanted you I didn't tell, know yeah. that was the part. No, no, no. We, you? You, you can, we can do it anytime. We can, Should I tell it to you now? Yes, please do. Okay. Okay. So this is a weird story. This girl that I went to high school with, um, she was a weirdo. We'll call her Ellie. Um, and she, everybody was a weirdo. And then I met up with her when I lived in LA and was like, oh, wow, you're here too. Huh? So strange. And she was like throwing these dinner parties yeah. and stuff. And um, there was like a secret dinner club kind of thing. Um, and I kept almost going to them, but then I was traveling and whatever. So she meets this guy online, but she's, oh, she's like super foodie, loves food stuff. Not a professional chef, but like is in the world. Meets this guy, moves back to Richmond, marries the guy, has a kid, starts a career in Richmond writing restaurant reviews. Uh-huh. And she's getting restaurant reviews in the local paper, local magazines, um, in, the, in the papers and magazines of like nearby, even bigger cities, D.C. area stuff. And then, I don't know how this happened, someone must have noticed something, and they fucking did their homework and went through all of it and found out she had been plagiarizing Jonathan Gold restaurant reviews from California about restaurants there. I don't even know how you do that. How is that even? That's... Isn't that wild? And she was like, take this turn of phrase and stuff that he said about like somebody's pupusas and she would use it about somebody's like uh, a, a lobster roll or something. You know wow. what I'm saying? So also, yeah, she, she got fired from everything and it was this whole scandal and people were like really mad at her. And But also good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as somebody who's, like, I feel like I've had imposter syndrome my entire life. Uh, I love it when somebody is an actual imposter and gets <laughs> right. I don't even know how you think of that. Like, but like that also shows the power of Jonathan Gold food mm-hmm. reviews. They are truly the creme de la creme. I feel bad for anyone that's never had to experience a Jonathan Gold restaurant and a Jonathan Gold review. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. <laughs> like he's, yeah. but yeah. But also, if I was in a position where I wanted a fancy writing job in food, which I think is like the best writing job of all time. Where you get to Ooh, eat at a restaurant yeah. and get paid? Yeah. Well, remember I told you I worked at hotels. I started as an operator. I quickly clocked that concierge is the job to have and spent the rest of my time there working up to becoming a concierge, became a concierge. It's great. Every place that you walk in, everybody treats you like a rock star, but you don't have to be be a rock star. They're oh just like, God. oh my gosh, here's your table. The chef wanted to send over this. Please have a bottle of this. You're walking billboard for every one of those restaurants. So yep. that's, ah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's akin to being a food writer, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. And one time I was in a, I was in, it was Britney Spears rest, had a rest, co-owned a restaurant called, I think Nola. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was like New Orleans food. And I was there with a friend of mine who was a concierge I wasn't a concierge yet. And uh, Kevin Bacon and what's his, what's her name? His wife. Oh, uh, it's not Kira Sedgwick. Something. It's the other one. Yes, e, it uh, is. Kira Sedgwick. Is it? Yes. Yeah. They were at a table next to us, uh, like having a good time. And then they, they were, they were putting back some drinks and then they went <laughs> to the bathroom. A little, a little drink a drink. Yeah. Together and had some fun in the bathroom. We were like, Ooh. oh my God, we were watching Kevin Bacon to, Kira Sedgwick 
clearly go off and fuck in a bathroom. <laughs> wow, this is so glamorous. <laughs> um, I was like, I gotta have your job. This is work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is this is everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, my job's never that fancy. Oh, I should have. I should have strived for better. Your jobs. Well, I mean, especially now, like your jobs are. Oh yeah, great. now, now my it's the type of writing I do is like it's the kind that people think is glamorous because it's all celebrities, yeah. but it's mine. There's nobody so just no one's fucking in my bathroom right now. <laughs> That's really the issue that I'm having here. Yeah, like yeah. It's like celebs from my childhood are not currently slamming each other against my wall. <laughs> I feel like work. they might have been on some of the shows I've worked on. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh god, I. I'm late getting home because Ashton Kutcher <laughs> wanted to be funny or something. Ugh. You know. Alright, Eliza, it's time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we got from our listeners. It's Ooh, mailbag, mailbag time. time. Why does it have to be a mailbag? Hmm? I just it's I didn't name it mail. <laughs> I wish it could be anything else. Should it be the the female bag? The person bag. <laughs> the person bag? Well, we're going to my people bag, my folks bag, yes. uh, my inbox. Uh, Ooh, I that get a lot, sounds like, dirty. Yeah, it is See, a little Mail dirty. bag doesn't sound like genitalia, <laughs> but inbox? Oh, yeah. yeah, inbox. Um, yeah. But, that's, but that's also where they sent it to. So, But yeah, it's like I get a bunch of wonderful gossip from a bunch of wonderful people uh, that, I, that I entice out of them. And I'm very happy they've given it to me. And I want to just, I'm going to read a couple of them to you uh, from... For my beautiful listeners. Um, so this is the first one. This is a very short one, very brief. Our neighbor called the police on my brothers for walking on their new fallen snow. I want to know everybody's age. I've, I want to know everyone's age because the, the, the person who called the police needs to be 80. <laughs> and the brothers, I would I would guess, are like eight, but I like thinking that they're like 20. I want to reverse it. I want okay. I want the people I want her brothers to be eighty and the neighbor <laughs> to be five years old. Uh, you know what? I blame the neighbor less. But like, it's like that's my snow. Yeah, like why do you? Where do you live? Where like you get snow, but not enough that it's not precious every time. Like it's like I'm sort of, I'm, I'm I'm in a mixed situation because I'm like definitely never call the police ever for anything. Yeah, no. But also, I do love new fallen snow. Or, or should we call the police only for nonsense? Like only for, just keep them busy with like See, somebody spilled toothpicks. About we stuff need like, to pick it up. There's a loud bird and that's yes. what I call the police for. Yes, exactly. Like, keep Yeah, keep them busy keep them, all the time. Keep them running around doing <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> And Protecting I feel like, yeah. snow, yes. Go protect. I mean, <laughs> isn't that what they already do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome back to the gospel, where we talk shit about the police, uh, <laughs> and we'll continue to do so until I die. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I called the cops on my neighbors because they stay up all night. Stay, stay up all night drinking and smoking <laughs> and screaming outside, pitching them each other movies all night. Bad movies. Bad um, movies. Awful. And the smoke gets in my house and they're just, and they're yelling. And I say, please, please stop singing the Indigo Girls. And they say, no, we're going to keep going. So, yes, I have called the police. Um, and they do nothing. They're not they worth nothing. your time. 
They're not worth the time to even bother. But I want them to go to jail. <laughs> we should send the police to jail. Is- Ooh. <laughs> Honestly... If you think about it, I think that I, honestly, I do think that everybody who does like something to somebody else should have to experience what that thing is a little like, bit. So you know like what a little you're bit. doing, like a little bit. Like you so should what know does how it feel f- like to to go to jail. You should know that <laughs> when you're putting other people in there. <laughs> exactly. Just se- just know. saying, just saying. <laughs> but I, this one is a little uh, <laughs> a little longer. Uh, uh, when I worked at a jewelry manufacturer a few years ago. A young woman would order sample pieces delivered to her house and sell them on eBay. When the company found out, they fired her, but didn't have her charged with thefts because she threatened to report their violations. Oh, okay. And that's the part where I'm annoyed because there's a more story to oh, this. And they don't because what are their violations? That's what I want to know. Yeah. That's that's here's the thing. Like I love gossip, but if you only tell me parts of the story and not the full story, <laughs> well, but I mean, what do they do? It's, it's like when you're making a biopic, though, right? Like a life is not a beginning, middle, and an end. You got to just pick a part and be like, "This is the movie that we're making." This part of you know yeah. uh, Tina Turner's life. Yeah, no, like, um, I'm- but same thing with gossip. Like you could dig, and there's like a there's a behind the scenes for every aspect. That's you know, true. How did she get in the situation where she needed to be selling samples at home? I don't know how the jewelry system works. Like, why do you, why would you send samples? I'm assuming she, they were supposed to send samples to like a company to like oh. them. And she was like, yeah, we need that. Just here's the address. The address is my house. And so the the company would get charged, oh. I'm assuming, or at least inquired about, like, what happened to those samples? And they'd be like, we don't know what you're talking about. And she would be like, me neither. Ooh. But she did. Oh, I just love that there's these two stories worked out where one of the person gets called calls police for no good reason and somebody else <laughs> with a good reason to call the police couldn't do so because they would get yes. in trouble. Yeah, I do like the, the switcheroo there. Yeah, Guys, but that's also the case. I think that's what, like we're learning. This is a social lesson that we're learning is that uh, the police get called for petty crimes, but not white collar crimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing the ending of that second one as a, a Law and Order episode where like the lawyers show up and they're like, OK, so I guess we're, fi- we're giving our final arguments. <laughs> and the daddy lawyer is like, oh, no, we've dropped the case. What? Why? No one knows. And it's like, oh. Oh, we the viewer knows because we know she had dirt on them. Um, and then it ends with that with a small children being put in jail for playing in some new phones. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Just, Leave your shoes outside the cell, you criminals. <laughs> it's evidence. Welcome to the system. You know what? We were going to charge them as children, but you know what? We're not going to today. Mm. <laughs> I want to teach these kids a lesson about snow. <laughs> That's the mailbag. Thank you for sending in your mail. Reading your submissions is honestly the best part of my week. If you want to hear your story on the show, visit teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Okay, Eliza, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the juice line. All right, Eliza, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone, we call it the juice line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Cassie. She has such a great story. I want to ask her all about it. Can we patch her in? Please hold. Thank you. Hi, 
Eliza. I saw them in. I love your um, wigs. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh yes. That's gorgeous. <laughs> Very fun. That's all I'm, that's you you're already now my best friend. Oh. Uh, that's all I ever want to hear. Uh but yeah, we heard that you have a wonderful uh story to tell us. I do. I would, I I'd do. love to hear all about it. Okay, let me tell you. So this story is about a thrift store that I used to work at in the sort of early mid aughts in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. which is where I am from. So, um, yeah, it was like 2006. I was living on like sort of the, the, the town that I'm from had kind of like, it was very like hippie, bougie, yuppie hippie was like one side and like trashy hippie was the other side. And I lived on the trashy hippie side now that I was like in my early twenties. And I got a job at this thrift store that was like a very beloved thrift store. Just go there all the time. It was like very social yeah. and there was Furniture, clothes, jewelry, shoes, my doorbell. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. You're allowed to exist. <laughs> oh, thank you. And like records and books and, you know, just like all this stuff. It was like, it was like Goodwill, but like way better. Um, It was kind of like Ooh. a Target, but like. Now, now I want to go, Cassie. You really, yeah, really great. <laughs> awesome. So was it, was it just like not picked over? Because I feel like. I feel, feel like obscure thrift stores are usually way better than like a big city thrift yeah. store. It was not. It wasn't a big city. It was a small city. It so was, it was a little bit more obscure. Yeah, it was a. But it was like well known. We just got tons of shipments. We got new shipments like every single day. There was just like tons of stuff coming wow. in all the time. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was great. So I was like, all right, this is fun. I'm going to work there. It'll be great. And like, I only made like seven fifty an hour, which, you know, that's blows. But it mm-hmm. was like a fun place to work. Like everyone there was friends and like would hang out with each other and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, I like this place. It's, it's, it's fun. It's friendly. So well, I already like where this is going. Yes, it's great. <laughs> so <laughs> and like people there were like dating and like I dated the guy in furniture and whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> one must, you know. Nice. Thank you. Thank furniture you. guy. Yes. Lift thing. That's what I like. Uh, <laughs> so cute. So um one of the things that you was like a bonus of working there was you get a special discount on whatever, you know, whatever you wanted. So, oh, nice. yeah, at the end of your shift, you could like bring the stuff that you wanted to the back room, like the employee room. And the manager would like write down what you had, like five, you know, you get like 40 percent off your little crappy five dollar item. And so I was like, yay. So like, you know, and eventually like a couple of weeks in. The person who was like in charge of women's fashion, she was like the department head of that. I'm going to call her Celeste. That is not her name. She I reco- love that name. That's a good pseudonym. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to tell this story on a podcast. And she was like, okay, but do not use my name. And I was like, okay. Did she get to pick Celeste though? I did picked you- Celeste. Okay. I was like, okay. do you want a name? Is there any name you want? And the house Celeste. And she was like, okay, yeah, Celeste. Um, so Celeste was like, you know, you don't have to pay for that stuff. You know that, right? And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, yeah, just whatever you want. Just put it under my desk. And then at the end of the day, you just take it home. I was like, oh, that's nice. Ooh. Thank you so much. That's really cool. <laughs> Amazon Go. Yes. And that opened up a whole new world. Like, because, I mean, it's, it was kind of boring to work there, to be honest. And, like, I worked on the side of the store that was, like, I was all alone. And it was women's clothes. But it wasn't, like, juniors. It was, like, women's. So it was, like, yes. very, very dress barn kind of scenario, you know. And there wasn't a lot to pick from so it was like a good challenge for me like all day just be like can i wear that like oversized horribly ugly 
sweater and just belt it. And I'd be like, of course. And then I would take it home and it was great. So it was like, it was kind of fun. And I was just taking stuff and taking stuff and taking stuff and taking stuff. And everybody was just taking stuff and taking stuff. And then as it like, as time went on, I like found out like that this level of like thievery was like much more advanced than I realized. So the head of women's fashion, Celeste, she was taking all the designer stuff. She had an eBay shop. She was, she was taking all that. And I asked her when I talked to her recently, I was like, what were, what were the big ticket items? And she was like, bar, large bulk quantities of costume jewelry where she'd get like a big bag of it and she'd sell it for like $400 on eBay. Amazing. Are these, would these be like, like J crew type, like, like, like a known brand or just question mark costume jewelry? Oh, the costume jewelry was just like costume jewelry. So it wasn't like nice jewelry. So I was actually, she was like, I know, confusing, right? I was like, I would never spend any money on costume jewelry. But yeah, but she would get like, like nice designer things. Like people would spend, people would donate like Gucci Prada. Whoa. She also said that Birkenstocks were a big ticket item that she would sell on eBay. That is a hippie town. Exactly. Oh, on eBay. (laughs) On eBay. Or she would take it to the consignment store on the other side of town. I oh, used wow. Birkenstock. I know. In the world we live in. Those have know, someone else's grease feet in them. I know. I think it's oh. disgusting, people buy the, too. People buy shoes. People buy used yeah, shoes. Yeah, but Birkenstocks. Yeah. Have you seen a Birkenstock? No. It's got the, it's got the waxy ghost of the person who was just wearing it's them. It's very true. Still embedded yeah. in the foot. It's very true. I looked in the direction of Birkenstocks and immediately turned away. So I've never yeah, really I don't fully get it either. <laughs> like a lightly used oh. Birkenstock? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh. So that was her. This is going to haunt me. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like, it makes me think of like a used Ugg. Like just like it'd be really sweaty oh, in there, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I just remember, like, I, I mean, I have had Birkenstocks before. Yeah. One pair. And I you, you get them and it's like sw- the bottom is suede. Yeah. And then the suede quickly is worn away by your foot. Correct. And it slicks down. And you don't wear socks <laughs> with them, you know? No. So it's like your sweat, I, your, I mean, your dead foot skin. <laughs> I don't understand people. And the other departments were also doing this too, which I actually did not know this until recently, but I found out that all the departments were doing this for their nice things. So like the bookseller guys were like getting all the nice books and selling them on eBay, I guess. And then the furniture guys were selling all of the stereo equipment that was donated. So it was just like like thousands of dollars leaving this store. This hub of crime. I gotta admit, real. It was real. I assume that that's happening at all thrift stores, yeah. And that's why usually, like, like either really suburban or really rural thrift stores are the best because the people who work there who are picking through things have a different taste than I do. So they're picking out stuff to do exactly what you're talking about with. And I still can find my weird things. Yes. <laughs> totally. Um, I yeah. mean, I remember people asking. Like when you said dress barn, Eliza's ears yeah. perked up. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Like a smock dress. Wonderful. I mean, <laughs> love. So there you but go. Yeah, I mean, that's... there's more. There's more if you want more. Please tell me. Okay, of course right. I want so more. Other... What kind okay. of person do you think <laughs> I am? <laughs> so, okay. The furniture situation was very exciting too because 
Okay, so in our, our employee area, you could see all the cameras like that they were recording. And they were more concerned about customers stealing, which that was not an issue. And also Fools. stuff that was what? <laughs> like, you know, maybe someone was pocketing like a two dollar ceramic piece of whatever, but like they did not they weren't at all none of the cameras were on the employee. So so like you could see them back there that the furniture there was like a dock where but uh, like trucks would come in and they would d- d- like do drop-offs, they'd also pick up donations. And so it was like this very active kind of loading dock area. There were cameras there, but they were not recording. And so like, if you wanted to take a big item, that's where you would go. But also like, you couldn't really just like leave with something huge, like right after your shift, like that'd be a little bit too much. So on Sundays, the, the store was closed, but they still took donations. And so someone from furniture would always be at the loading dock on Sundays by themselves and so if you wanted, like, a, for, I got a vintage couch. It's lovely. Um, I, you would just be like, yo, can I come pick up that vintage couch on Sunday? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, sure. I'll put it in the loading dock. Just come on by. And that's how that worked. Oh, so, I love this. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And I, I think furnished it's my whole I... house, you know. Look, you got paid seven fifty an hour. Exactly. Um... <laughs> People have to live. You don't want your employees to steal your thrift wares? Pay them uh, enough to buy Give them. them couch buying money. Exactly. That's, that's the simple. Like, if you want people to exist and and work politely and not steal from you, give mm-hmm. them the money to, to get this stuff themselves. Absolutely. It's that easy. It's real. It's real. And this was going on before, like, Celeste. She said that when she started her job, her position, the person who had that job beforehand said, you know, just so you know, like, this is like, this is what you need to be doing. And the money's in the costume jewelry. And she was like, oh, okay. So Wow. Yes. They so, gave her the whole scam. We have a legacy. Oh, my God. I, was I so, love this. Yeah. So if all these managers were in on this. No, the managers where, were not. Well, wait, what department was heads. Department, department heads. heads. Okay, so the department heads were... Are you sure the managers weren't? I like, am where so does it sure. stop? She was an yeah. idiot. Yeah, she was yeah. a fool. She was a complete fool. Okay. But if, you guys, if she found out, would you guys have been Well, in one trouble? person got in... Well, one person got found out. Um, oh. They got told. <sighs> yeah. What? Yes. There was a okay, snitch? Okay, no, snitch? I know. I felt that way, too. But then I was like, what? And Celeste was like, no, that guy... The guy who got told in was an asshole. So, like... In, oh, in, in that case, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like... Like, you gotta pay your employees. Yes. And you gotta not be an asshole if you're exactly. all stealing stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, exactly. you're gonna get, you're gonna get kicked out of the scam. That's how you get kicked exactly. out of... <laughs> <laughs> and he was fired immediately. <laughs> So like if other people, I know that other people would have been fired, but no one did. I mean, it's, a, it's astonishing. Does it still happen there? I'm going to guess yes, you know? For sure. For um, sure. Yeah, just uh, send me an, a message. I'll get a job there and uh, look out for my eBay shop in the future. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Called Solomon's Brooches. <laughs> Every retail place has some version of that like i mean i've definitely worked places where people were like oh this is where we put our damaged wink 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 products mm-hmm. and then we just throw them out i'll show you how to access that dumpster yeah, you know? yeah and i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. what what's yes. happening i i worked at a place that made you uh, bring a clear backpack so they could see everything you're <gasps> leaving with wow. and i'm like you can go right to hell that yeah. place would go right <laughs> no. also Absolutely. that's exactly how you make criminals yes. because like now i wasn't I, gonna steal 
But I'm yeah, gonna find I, a I way. I wouldn't have thought of yes, it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I you, wonder what I shouldn't be putting in my bag. You mm-hmm. already think I'm stealing? Let me show you how much I can steal. And I will. I, and I did. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, I worked at a thrift store in college as community service for shoplifting from Walmart. <laughs> wow. wow. What a fun little loop. Right? Yeah. Oh, my well, gosh. What did you steal back. from Walmart? Uh, oh, I mean, I had stolen a lot. I, I had what really did you not steal from gotten Walmart, very honestly. good at it, and I had rationalized it as, this is Walmart, yes, fuck the man. Absolutely. Um, That's a good resolution. It's also 100% still true. I agree <laughs> yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, when I did it, like the time I got caught, I think I was steal. I think they got caught stealing uh, deodorant and men's boxer briefs. Okay. So the Walmart people were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and they <laughs> and my car was really messy. Yeah. So they thought like, that I lived out building? of my car. <laughs> they thought I was like destitute and living out of my car and. Some like girl who wears boys underpants and they they very much were like, okay, freak, we're not even going to book you, but here's your court date and you goodbye. Um, like wow. they, I was, I clearly creeped them out real You would bad. have been welcome wow. to do your community service at our thrift store. We would See, have welcomed Oh no, the thrift store people, they were great. They loved me. When I was a kid, I used to go to the thrift store in my neighborhood and just alphabetize the books for fun. Hey. So Saturday. I. Eliza was a very cool kid, if you didn't know. Yeah, it was very <laughs> fun. Very fun. Oh, thank you so much, Cassie, for Absolutely. letting us call you and oh, giving yeah. us a beautiful, Absolutely. wonderful story. And I'll just text you the address on the slide yeah, you know like a little later that. if you want to go there thank you yeah. so much absolutely Anyways, yeah. thank you <laughs> have a wonderful day have thank a good you. one yeah bye bye thank you so much eliza i you're always such a breath of fresh air to have around and thank you see you outside of the zoom room uh in, in the real world one day oh no i, I don't leave the home no, i don't either I don't. that was a lie <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for coming on i love you very much <laughs> likewise, likewise. I had a good time. <laughs> That's the lovely Eliza Skinner. Be sure to check out her album, Regarding My Lovers, wherever you download your music. Plus, you can catch Eliza doing stand-up at her regular show, Eliza and Friends, at the Yard Theater in Los Angeles. And if you want to tell your story on The Juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. The Juice is produced by Nick Liao, Jen Samples, and Lisa Berm. Executive producers are Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Salataroff. Engineering and music by Eduardo Perez. I'm Solomon Giorgio. See you all back here next week as we dish out more of the low-stakes gossip you love to hear on The Juice. And please, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. <laughs>